Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was their pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So put on your flannel. It's time for... I never saw that. Hey, Micah. Hey, Jen. I got a joke for you. Oh, good. I can't wait. It's very fun. I made it up. Did you? Yeah. Um, Here it goes. How many uh, people with depression does it take to tear up a magazine and put eyes all over all the walls oh i think i think i know the answer okay is it one person it's yeah or it or as many as necessary but the point is they all do that oh yeah and actually it takes two (laughs) because sometimes you need help to do it real good it's pretty funny yeah why did you tell that weird joke that was oh, because wasn't funny we watched and didn't have a punchline? Movie called um, Mad Love. Oh yeah, which was recommended by our friend Tim uh, several years ago, back when we first started this podcast. You mean 1995's Mad Love, starring um, Drew Barrymore and Chris O'Donnell? That is that is the one I'm referring to. Much like um, 1995's Batman Forever, starring. Drew Barrymore and Chris O'Donnell. Oh, yeah. I, for- I always forget she's in that. She has such a tiny part in it. So this film opened in May and Batman came out in June of 1995. Wow, really? Yeah. Very different films in a lot of ways. Yeah. But they both had Chris O'Donnell and Drew Barrymore. Yeah. In Batman Forever, Chris O'Donnell does like martial arts laundry yeah and i did miss that a lot in this he didn't one do that in this it no, was weird there was no laundry or like you know yeah just forcefully beating pants on things but yeah and i you know when still... i go to the cinema i want to see some some people doing laundry and so yeah, that's something i miss. that and people brushing their teeth those are my favorites oh right right yeah i like that um we get to watch people brush their teeth a lot why the fuck is that such a common like i get that it's shorthand for these people are doing something mundane and normal together is it i don't what else would it be it's just promoting dental hygiene i, think I don't it's think big, it is it's big d Big D, dentists. Uh, that's not what Big D means, <laughs> Promoting Micah. that. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's, you know, like Big Pharma, Big BDE, D. People talk that's about what that. it stands for. Big dentist energy. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's a just side note. We didn't have to see anybody brush their teeth in this movie. No, there was no personal hygiene at and all. I very much appreciated that. Big D didn't pay these guys. Okay. <laughs> they refused the payment. <laughs> Uh, I will say that even without the laundry, uh, Chris O'Donnell is adorable. And so is Drew Barrymore. They're both very adorable at this time. Yeah. As we discussed on, oh, two weeks ago when we watched the other movie with Drew Barrymore in it. Yeah. What was it? Boys on the Side. Thank you. Boys on the Side. And then we followed that up with some more Whoopi. And now this time we're going back to some Drew. So I thought, once again, I thought, oh, this movie, it's like a little, it's one of those love stories where it's the teens and they're in love and they're not supposed to be and it's going to go bad. But I, it looks like a delight from the previews. Once again, not a delight. Does it? 
I don't know. I watched I a mean, trailer that was... The description of the movie, it was something like uh, a, boy, a boy falls in love with a girl on the verge of a mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it said. I don't read, though. That's true. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I It did... I. I was hoping for something lighter than what it was, uh, more fun, if you will. There were parts of it that were fun, though. There were parts that were fun. There were parts that were questionable. Um, oh, I we're gonna. T- I will talk about those. My joke alluded to one of those. Yeah, the, the very funny joke I told at the beginning of this. Yeah, yeah, we all remember. I'm it was sure only a few minutes do. ago. So yeah. Um. I just want to go so anyway, through some other cast members it. that we've seen before as well. Um, Matthew Lillard from Hackers. Uh-huh. And, you know, Scooby-Doo. Right. Scooby-Doo. Yep, we Not... all know Matthew Lillard. He is very annoying to me, but I noticed during this film, and I commented when we were watching it, that he's actually really good at playing an obnoxious mm-hmm. asshole teen uh-huh. boy. He is very good at that. Yeah. It, it's almost like it comes naturally to him. It's like... Yeah, okay, but in not this, asshole, he's an asshole, and in the way that teen boys are assholes. We actually did also watch another Matthew Lillard, Drew Barrymore movie that we haven't done an episode on yet, which is Scream, which we will do an episode on around Halloween. Um, but yeah, he so also put that on your calendar. He also plays a an asshole teen in that. So yeah, a real asshole in that. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> like next level sort of asshole. Yeah, in this yeah. one, he's like a murderer. Oh, well, spoiler alert! God damn it! <laughs> what? But in this one, he's just kind of a douche. What'd you do last night, Eric? Oh, me? Well, you should ask. Let me see. Oh, yeah, I got laid. That's what I did. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit, man. I thought your family got rid of those farm animals. <laughs> That's good. Like I was humping a chicken or a cow yeah. or something, not a lady. That's good. That's really good. You can eat it. In the way that all teen boys are kind of douchey. Mm, all teen boys are not. Not all, but like this. in but the 90s, <laughs> they all were. Okay. Um, we know. also see Kevin Dunn from, he was in Veep. He was in the Transformers movies, I think. He was don't, like the dad. Not, I don't know. He's Chris O'Donnell's dad. Chris O'Donnell's dad. In this. Oh, right. He works for Boeing. Oh, Veep. That's where yeah. I know that guy from. Yeah. What's his name? Kevin Dunn is the actor's name. Oh, okay. Matt, have you seen my extra computer battery? It's in the charger. Which is? By the toaster. Nice. I need some money for groceries. 20. And gas. Where does it all go? Life, Dad. Life. You know, I used to have one, you know. Now you gotta ask, Cliff. Um, this film was written by Paula Milne and directed by Antonia Bird. Um, and it does feature a lot of female musicians. Mm-hmm. There's a great scene at a club with Seven Year Bitch. The, very, very good stuff. You know, the clubs in Seattle where all the teens just get beers. Right. No problem. Right. Was that a thing in the 90s? Oh, yeah, all the time. Every I'm time serious. I went to punk rock shows, I got a beer. I'm serious, though, because I do think, I mean, things were definitely more lax back then. I know that there were bars, like when we were in college, there were bars in town where, like, people could go who were underage and they would get served. Yeah, But it well, still seems like it wasn't very common. They would sneak in and it was a pain in the ass. It wasn't like you'd go to a show at at 18 and just go up and order a beer. I'm talking more about like the Blue Moon in McMinnville, which is like a (laughs) shitty, scary little sort of diner. Like people used to get served beers there when they were underage. But anyway, um, 
I've never experienced that at a show. Usually shows are like 21 and over or all ages. But if it's all serve. ages and they serve alcohol, then you have to have like a wristband. Or it's a separate room. Or, but yeah. maybe not in the 90s. I, I don't, don't know. Think, I mean, the drinking age was 21 in the state of Washington at that time. So. Yeah, I don't know. I It, it didn't make sense. It, it was wasn't just... as easy as they made it seem in this no. show. Um, but yeah, there was a whole like seven year bitch full song that they showed. It was like a little music video. You know what I'm loving, Micah? Yeah? What? Is how we're just talking about the movie. Oh, are and you? And we're not doing any stupid segments that you definitely oh, forgot about. I, I did forget for a minute because <laughs> we just jumped right into it. But now that you remind me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. I have a good one. Let me scroll back up um, because I just went deep in my notes there. What date are we on now? We are on September 22nd, 1994. getting close. Just cruising right along. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, We are doing a comic today. It's a one panel one, so you'll feel better about that. It's called Close to Home by John McPherson. We've done Close to Home before. That sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, So it's one panel. These people are drawn, John McPherson has a definite style. Um, he likes to draw really ugly looking people. Um, they're just, Like the far side sort of? Yeah, ugly kind of. or It's similar, but their faces are just, they're like disturbing kind of. If it wasn't a comic and you saw this drawing, you'd be like, oh, now I'm gonna have nightmares. Um, anyway. You know, I'd like to see it. So one panel, <laughs> um, there's two people talking. <laughs> Uh, it's in an apartment hallway, it looks like, because between them in the background, there's a door um, that says 128. There's a little black door handle there. Um, in the foreground, there's two people standing there talking. There's a woman who's slumped over. I think that's just the draw, the art style. I don't think she has sorry. Like, severe scoliosis or anything. I or osteoporosis. spaced out for the beginning. Oh, okay. I was thinking about the movie. It doesn't matter. You can listen to it later. I'm just going to keep <laughs> <Okay>. going. <laughs> <laughs> Quick recap. We're in an apartment hallway. There's two people talking. Apartment hallway. Okay, um, okay. That's that's So there's honest. a woman standing. Uh, she's holding a purse. It looks like a doctor's medical bag, like an old-timey doctor. I doubt it because she's a lady. But she's holding it. It's got a big handle, and she's just holding this purse. She has a coat on that looks big and fluffy, like a fur coat almost. I don't think it's a fur, but it's just kind of dowdy. She has a dotted dress on that goes down. Maybe it cuts off a little above the knee and black shoes that are just normal size. Um, And you'll understand why I say that in a second. Um, Oh, good. She has curly hair, um, kind of in the style of, you know, like the 90s old lady permed hairstyle. Old lady? short. Oh, yeah. Okay, like like my grandma. Yeah, and my grandma. My... (laughs) And my other grandma. (laughs) I think only one of my grandmas had that hairstyle. Yeah. Or like only one of them actually got perms. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Um, she also has glasses on. And I, I just want to stress the face here. Uh, these people, I don't see a mouth, but I think I see a chin. The mouth is like a straight line down. This is kind of a profile <laughs> shot. You're really, really torturing me with so this. So she kind of you know looks that? like a person that wears dentures, but doesn't have the dentures in. And I don't okay, know if that's yeah. the intent. Her <laughs> nose kind of curves around back into her flat mouth. And then there's a chin that comes out. She like sounds a just lovely. Double chin or something that rolls out underneath 
but her eyes are really the the key here. She's looking down um, at the person that she's talking to. She's looking down kind of at the floor. She has glasses on, but her eyes are wide, mm. like huge pupils. She's staring and she's not comfortable with this. Um, okay. And she's talking to a man who, um, again, weird face, no pupils in his glasses, just glasses, which is weird. His mouth is wide open because he's talking and he's got a hand out, one hand in his pocket. Um, his hair kind of stands up and is kind of slicked back a little bit. Um, his pants <sighs> are striped. Uh-huh. Like, uh, like um, pinstriped? Like stripes, yeah, like pinstripes that go up and down, but then also some that go around, so like plaid almost. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, like golf pants. Yeah, um, and they're very, the legs are very, very, very big. Okay. Each of the legs is <laughs> almost the, like the full size of his body, just like this huge. Do you get the feeling, is he just a really legs. large man or no, just No, his upper the pants? body is normal. Okay. You'll understand why the pants are so big. Um, Just oh, huge. I, well, I can't wait. And his shoes are god i wish i could show this to you his shoes are just black like <laughs> so does everyone if you drew a shoe specifically you like uh-huh just, like around this is what thing it would look end, like and in the back there's just like a little heel and it yeah goes that's up. exactly yeah. how i would draw a shoe that's how these are drawn there's two of them one <laughs> behind the other um, so what you're saying is i could be a comic artist and if you stood this up it would be about like three quarters of the height of this person if you Stood at this shoe. They're like huge <laughs> fucking feet, enormous fucking feet. Okay, and she's just staring at at his shoes. Uh huh. Um, they're. I mean, they're yeah, like they got to be like four feet okay. long yeah. and two feet wide. And what's the punchline about the shoes? It says, "Oh hi, I'm Dwayne, your new upstairs neighbor." Oh, is that it? That's it. That's actually that's actually pretty funny. I get it. Yeah. You know, there's a joke there. That's uh, punchline. Like, like oh he's no. going to be a really loud walker with those around. giant ass shoes and very big pants. Every old lady's nightmare yeah. in an apartment. Yeah. That's it. I do. I really wish I could see it because I just really want to see the faces of those people. They're weird faces. But I guess I never will. Nope. But you and heard about it, so it's almost as good. Better, some would say. The Christian Science I, Monitor would say no so. No one would say that. Not even the Christian Science Monitor would say that. Yeah, remember? Because they ran descriptions of comics from other... I remember that you told us about that last week. was a feature. Week. Yeah. And that still doesn't make your statement true. See you in the funny paper soon. All right. So back to Mad Love. Yeah, so we were talking about the badass Riot Girl action Yeah, that was happening, which was a seven-year bitch show, which he bought her tickets to... Well, okay, let's back up. Okay. We'll do a let's, quick plot. Let's... Let me do the plot, because you take forever. Okay, but I take forever because we need to talk about certain things. I know, but I, I like to do this, a very short plot synopsis, and then we go back and just talk about the parts we want to talk okay. about. Because do you want to do I the first hate... line thing and then we can do you can do a plot synopsis this I time? I hate listening to shows <laughs> where they just talk about yeah. where they just go through the fucking plot. Like right. it's you like, can watch the movie yourself. It's from nineteen ninety five. It's kinda like seeing the funny papers. Like Um, yes, we can do our first note if you'd like. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. First note on the movie. On the plot, not like the other stuff that I wrote down and already talked yeah. about. Okay, ready? You gonna count? No, you are. What am I counting to? Oh my god, forget it. Three, <laughs> two, one great Chris opening song. Dinner is shirtless 
and stargazing with his telescope, but watches Drew Barrymore on a jet ski in the dark. Yeah, once again, Micah tells exactly what's happening, and well, Jen makes a comment about something. My phone autocorrected Chris O'Donnell to Chris I Dinner. Oh, that's what you said. Yeah. I didn't even catch. You said, I thought you were saying that he was at dinner shirtless. No. Which I didn't remember. Yeah, no, it, was, okay. it was weird. I thought it was weird, too, and I didn't remember that it autocorrected Chris until I just dinner. now. Chris, uh, dinner is what I think I said, because I was yeah. like, what is that? Okay. Um, yeah, so the movie opens with, it's nighttime, and he's, Chris O'Donnell has his shirt off. Maybe he was just doing laundry. Why didn't they just show us? Yeah, right. Um, he's got a big-ass telescope, and he's stargazing. And so it's nighttime, and it's dark, mm -hmm. and he hears this yelling, this laughter. It's like, woo! And yeah. <laughs> so he turns his telescope down toward the water, and Drew Barrymore, in the dark, is on a jet ski in the water. Mm -hmm. That's a very dangerous activity. Very dangerous. And I kept looking for someone else to be out there with her, but she was all by herself. All by herself. And then Love Buzz by Nirvana comes on, and I was like, yes. Yeah. This is going to be a good dun, soundtrack. Dun, 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 dun. It was really good. We'll put that in just a little bit. All right. And I'll sing along with it. It'll be so good. Yeah, it, yes, and it was a very good soundtrack, uh, you know, and that, yeah. So, okay, so anyways, the plot is this. Chris O'Donnell spies on her, and he becomes kind of obsessed with her. Actually, to the point where I thought he was very creepy. I Yeah, there's a little bit of creep showness. I wrote at some point, like, he's like the guy from You, that show You, which we only watched a couple episodes of. Oh, It's yeah. about a stalker dude. Mm -hmm. Anyway, except it's Chris O'Donnell, and he's so cute and, like, innocent. And he's the good boy. He's a very good boy. Uh, he he takes care of his little brother and sister who yeah. are nine or so, and yeah, they're, they're twins. twins. His dad's a he single dad, dad who's a... Boeing exec. You find out later that his mom left their family. So yeah, she's new in town. Yeah, she's new in town and she lives across the lake. They both live on the lake. Oh yeah. She lives on the other side of the lake. This, this is, film is set in Seattle. Yes, and so because we know Seattle pretty well, <laughs> we lived there for nine years. Um, I don't understand where they were supposed to live. I think the only thing that would make sense to me is that he was in like Bellevue. On the other side of Lake Washington. Yeah, I mean, it could and be. And she would have been over in like, it could where be would Lake that have Union, been on the other side? If you're looking at a map of no, Seattle right now, but couldn't. Lake Union is much smaller. It's it was very small. No. Lake Washington. Oh, yeah. And so they would not have just been in different schools, like high schools. They would have been in different cities and different, in school, different districts. school districts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, unless they're at, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. It's just a detail that, you know, it doesn't matter annoying at all, but people it's, it's like, like us are like, um, that's not possible. It's a huge fucking lake. Yeah. And it was yeah. kind of cool because, like, we lived in L.A. for a long time. And something you realize when you live in L.A. is when people give directions or they're driving around and you see them on in, like, wildly different parts of town within seconds and they're supposed to be on the same drive. Oh, you yeah. notice those things You're a like, lot. Huh, when people say, like, oh, you take the 405 to the 110 to the 210 to the, like, they say a bunch of freeways that don't connect. I think uh -huh. those all actually do that I just said, but. Yeah, but that's so weird that they that they do that because it's so, so many people live in L.A. Right, and, and know the people writing these things. films live I, in I L.A. Know, I don't really, and shooting. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't get it. But, but it was but, cool that happened in this movie a lot because the people that wrote it clearly didn't live in Seattle 
Don't know why it they was set there. They didn't show a whole lot of Seattle. The the one thing that they showed, which was also very funny, was the teens at one point are hanging out and they're just down on by the pier, like down by the aquarium. Yeah, which on is the not like nowhere near where they would have lived based on yeah the fact that they lived on Lake Washington. And it's just not like I mean. It's not where the teens hang out. It's Unless like you live sort of near there. Like, or you're on a fucking area. <laughs> field trip or something. Yeah. Anyway. But they were ditching school, I think. Or it was like before school. Well, and it was and setting the... smoking. It was setting the scene of it being in Seattle. And it's fine. It was it was fine. It was kind of cool to see the viaduct behind them, too. Yeah, because it was. that's gone now. There are a couple scenes, at least one, maybe two, where they drive out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Which were... I mean... You, it didn't look like it would look just right out of Seattle, but it, it was pretty accurate if they were driving about an hour east of Seattle yeah, into the trees they, and the mountains. And they missed the turn. They went well, whatever. south past the turn. But oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They. I mean, but those aren't. You don't have to get those details right. I mean, that's no, no. really nitpicky. We just noticed of us. because anybody that lives in Seattle would know. They do drive around a lot in this movie because it is kind of a road trip movie. It um, is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it completely is a road trip movie but yeah. they drive most of the time in his um international scout which is pretty sweet with the top down yeah i don't know what that is but it's a, it's a car it's either a 75 that or a looks kind of like a bronco i couldn't tell it does look kind of like a bronco yeah but it's better mm-hmm. it's a scout it's cool it's it's a cool looking car it looks like a fun car to take a road trip in um yeah i also just quickly wanted to say because we were like being assholes about it being set in Seattle, I, I honestly wasn't feeling all that critical of it. I just, I, I love when things are set yeah. in the Pacific Northwest because not that many things are. Yeah, it was and, fun, and it was. I was just noticing those things. I wasn't and trying like, to be critical. no, no, I know. And the bands too were like, you know, specifically Pacific Northwest bands, and were at least Seven Year Bitch and Nirvana. Nirvana, yeah, and that um, um the Seven Year Bitch song was really good. Scratch. I I was I actually really liked that scene. I thought they did a really good scene of them um, at the show. Of them at the show, it was like a lot of close-ups of the band. It's pretty realistic, except for the beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so plot here it is. He's obsessed with her in a sort of creepy seeming way at first, and then he sees her notebook, and she has like a, in the library. She a leaves seven-year it. bitch. Yeah. Um sticker or something uh-huh. or she wrote something your bitch or whatever I think it's, it's a on flyer her notebook. for the show okay that's what it is and and he sees the flyer and he buys tickets for the two of them to go to the show they've never spoken before and but they go to the show what a coincidence why didn't you just ask me no in case i said no guess what's your name matt lila well, I'm Casey, but somehow you already seem to know that. And then um, they become boyfriend-girlfriend. Yeah. And they're hanging out. And she has a sweet beetle as well. Oh, yeah. The cars are very well, the Definitely these families would have money to live in the places that they lived. And, and yeah. like, his house doesn't really look like that. 
at all, actually, it's but hers nice, does. But it's, yeah, but it's older. But hers, she's clearly like the right. rich kid. Her her parents are like, what are they? She's she says he's her dad moved there. They moved there from Chicago. He's an art history oh, he professor, worked... I think. Oh right. And he works at what does she call it? The, the W. Y- the W. Oh my god. Which okay, that did bother me because everyone, literally everyone, calls it UW. Like yeah, she if may you know have said... anything about. She may have said the UW, but it was like garbled because they were at a show. It doesn't matter. No one says UW. Yeah. It's a little more acceptable. It would have been better if she just said University of Washington. But granted, she's new in town. So you could make that argument. But But he would have corrected her. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, you are seeing she's like a wild child. You know, she pulls the fire alarm at school and she dances all crazy in her room at night and he watches her. During the SATs, she pulls. Right. Because she wants to talk to him and he's taking the SATs with a whole bunch of people. She wants him to go to skip school and go to something. I forget what it is. A book signing. Yeah. So anyway, here's here's the rest of the plot. Her parents have her fucking committed and put in a hospital. Where's Casey? She's all right. She's okay. She was admitted here this morning. You can't this is place. It's an acute psychiatric unit. We have to keep her here for a while. Why? She tried to kill herself, Matt. And then he breaks her out, and they go on this big, long road trip. Uh, they're going to try to go and live in Mexico? Yes. They decide they're going to go to Mexico and live there. So the rest of the movie is a road trip. So that's the basic, I, the basic plot. Um, Can we talk about how they decide? Yeah, yeah. So they're camping out in the woods with no tent or anything. They're just After laying on the ground. After he breaks her out of the hospital. Yeah. And they, she turns on the radio and she's like, okay, if I'm going to switch stations and if it's a girl singer, then we go north right. and a boy singer, we go south. And she turns it and then she does east and west too with the same thing. And so they figure out they're going to go southwest, which right. again from Seattle is into the Pacific Ocean. Like Hawaii? Well, I know that's not what she meant, but God, I'm so annoyed with you right now. So they go to Mexico. They're heading Stop. to Mexico. That's their plan. They don't actually get to Mexico, I don't think, unless no. it's. I think it's like New Mexico. It's New in Mexico. The end. They filmed a lot of it was filmed in New Mexico and all over Washington, um, and it was cool. Yeah, but okay. So the reason why her parents have her committed is because apparently she tries to. She took a bunch of pills, which Take her she own life. says she did accidentally. But she why'd she to do sleep. it? Oh, because they grounded her. She got in trouble for pulling the fire alarm or something. Yeah. So, and, and then not... and then you find out that she's had this struggle yeah. for a while. And so they're worried about her and they put her in the hospital because she needs care. But here's the thing is they put her in this place that's like super awful and depressing and definitely not helpful for anyone. Also, they have her tied down. Yeah, they drugged on her the bed. and strapped her to the bed. She had restraints on. So, it's like the whole thing with this movie, this whole thing that happens is basically like her parents put her in the hospital, he breaks her out, and then it's supposed to be like he discovers as they go that she actually does need help yeah. and does need to be in the fucking hospital. And he's, it made me really mad because He's a naive teen. No, you're missing my point, which is that place was not good for her. Right. That place was not good for anyone. Uh, you know, she needed a therapist and some 
other form of help, but he was not wrong to break her out of there. Like, so the point they were trying to make is exactly what you just said, which is that he's a naive teen. You just called to say that we're okay. No, you're not okay, Matt. Where are you? Don't worry about worry it. Worry about it. Matt, Matt, you gotta get home. If you don't get home... Her parents are gonna call the police. Don't threaten me, Dad. Well, I'm not threatening you. The girl is sick and she needs help. She's fine, all right? We're both fine. No, Matt, she's not fine. She's sick and she needs psychiatric help. Matt, you gotta get her back here. Just tell the twins that I miss them, all right? Yes, I will tell them that. Can you do that for me? Don't, Matt. This is more serious than you think. Anyway, that bothered me. Also, just everything about the way that they portrayed mental illness. Um, It was like they... And and all they say is that she has depression. So right. she's she, depressed. The mom says That's she has it. clinical depression. She has clinical and depression. she's tried to commit suicide before. So you, the way the the story flows the terrible oppressive parents who are out of touch and her dad in particular who is like pretty harsh oh, and he's a dick. black and white and terrible later they're portrayed more sympathetically well she the mom is she has like she descends into this mental illness because she's not on medications and she's out on the road with chris o'donnell and he's starting to see more and more and it kind of like they soften a little bit and they're like we'll never put her back in a place like that but they make it seem, the movie makes it seem like they were right all along yeah. and she needed help and they were trying to do their best, but they weren't. It was like. No, and I don't know. Maybe that's not the whole point either. Like, I mean, it was an act of love, him getting her out of there. And I I, I didn't feel like he was painted as like a bad guy or anything. It just, I don't know. I mean, she needed to ha- to be on medication. She needed to be seeing a therapist. All the things that they showed her do that were supposed to be signs of depression were like stereotypical shit that you hear about any mentally ill or slash crazy person. It was it was it was not all the synopses I read and all the other things mentioned that she had bipolar disorder, which they don't name. And at the time it would have been manic depression or um, but they don't all the all they ever say is she's very depressed. She's clinically depressed. And then she does all these things that are not they didn't handle it well because they didn't name it. They didn't actually address anything. And they didn't well, talk it's about like they don't know what depression is. Also, yeah. I, I mean, and I, I understand that, like, it doesn't show itself exactly the same way in every person, obviously. But like, I'm a person who has clinical depression and um, depression by itself is not something that would cause you to suddenly freak out and find all the magazines you can and cut out all the eyes in the magazines and paste them all over the walls. Um, so that they can watch you and keep you safe. So that they can watch you and keep you safe. Yeah. That's like psychosis. In the middle of the night. That's psychosis or maybe schizophrenia or some other like much, much different, very serious I mean, there could be some, like, bipolar sounds closer to me with yes, some, like, that could, OCD. So that could have been a manic episode. I don't know. It just did not ring true to me. It did not feel... <sighs> yeah, and they didn't explain I don't know. it or, I mean, or, like, talk about it at all. If you're going to do a movie that's supposed to be sympathetic to someone with a mental illness, name it and talk about it and explore it more and don't yeah. do like these stereotypical It just, it wasn't portrayals. clinical depression. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It wasn't just clinical depression. Right. If, if that's how she was acting. And um, that irritated me because it's really not that hard to find out like 
or to like you said like name it if it is if it's bipolar or if it's bipolar with OCD or other things then say that because all this does is perpetuate like stigma it, and stereotypes. The idea that 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 we're crazy, yeah. that we are fucking crazy, and this is how we act when we're not on meds. No, that's not how people who are depressed act when they're not on meds. I mean, maybe, maybe some people once in a while, you know, have delusions and they get paranoid and whatever. But I mean, I don't know. It just felt it felt um, trite to me. I, I it didn't feel true. Very. It felt. Um, like they were trying to make it as disturbing as they could. And then at the end, there's a scene with a gun. Yeah. Oh, because they, oh my God, they have this whole thing. The car breaks down and they- They, they wreck the car because she's, it's fucking wild. Yeah. She- Well, it's it's another thing that a crazy person right. would do. They, they're driving on a windy road with cliffs on the side in the mountains somewhere. And she covers his eyes- she while asks he's driving. him, like, have you ever done one of those trust fall exercise things? And he's like, no, since elementary school or something. And then while he's driving, she covers his eyes and tells him a little bit to the right, a little left, slow down, speed yeah. up. And they do this for way too long. Oh, my God. And it's then they pull up very behind a semi to watch. or a log truck or something, and they pass it with her giving him. She, she still keeps her hands on his eyes while she's instructing him to pass a giant fucking semi truck on windy mountain roads. With double line, I mean, you can't you can't pass legally either. It's so fucking yeah. Jen's a cop. You fucking take that back. <laughs> you can't pass legally. There are double yellow that... lights. No, I'm just saying that it wasn't like even a passing zone. It right. was like where you do not pass another car yeah. unless you have a fucking death so they, wish. They do it successfully, and then she takes her hands off his eyes and he's like, he looks in the rearview mirror and like, whoa, look what we did. That was crazy. And they laugh and stuff. And as they're celebrating, he drives off the road and runs through a construction site. And Well, he almost hits another car. Yeah, slams the car into a yeah. bulldozer or something and destroys it. So then they're hitchhiking. Yeah, so then they're hitchhiking. Liv they Schreiber get picks up. them up. Oh, that's right. I um, forgot it was he's him. He's a salesman of some sort. In a he's a creep, of course. Beater old station wagon. He's trying to hit on her. He puts his hand on her thigh or yeah. something, and Chris O'Donnell's asleep in the back seat. She she burns him in the face with a cigarette. That's right. Oh it's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So then they so, get out, and there's a big fight, and she jumps in the driver's seat as he's trying to kick them out of the car, and they're fighting. She jumps. Chris in the O'Donnell seat. is fighting the dude. Yeah. yeah. And she, they're like on the hood. She starts driving. And then they roll off and Chris O'Donnell jumps in and they drive away. And she drives like directly at him and Chris O'Donnell's like, what are you doing? And then she swerves and they take off. Mm, yeah, I don't think she swerves. I think he runs out of the way, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, at the they, very last second. They yeah. stole the car. They stole this guy's yeah. car. And she discovers later that there's a gun in, the glove, in the glove box. So the kind of climax of the movie is... They go to White Sands National White Sands. Monument yeah. or National Park now, but yeah, White Sands in New Mexico, which it's is a beautiful. very stark and you know it's a stark place for them to shoot this scene. Yeah, which and is why they chose it. I'm it sure it was really frustrating because the White Sands is like white. <laughs> the sand is literally white. It's not like brown sand, mm -hmm. but the way they filmed it, there were shots where this it just looked brown. It wasn't bright enough. Mm -hmm. They didn't. 
There were some shots where you could see the sky and the and it looked more white and it was. Cool do you think it was like affecting. supposed to be white sands and it wasn't? Or no, do you it think... was white sands. They filmed there and they just did a bad job in some of the scenes and the color grading wasn't great. Um, so that was frustrating. But well, it's supposed to be that she's in this like flowy dress. The wind is blowing. This little strappy dress. Oh, she looked so amazing in all her clothes. She's got a gun. She's got like black mascara running down her face. It's supposed to be super dramatic and it was really hard to watch it was really hard to like watch she put the gun in her mouth she it, held it, it to her awful. head she it, pointed it, it at him and he said yeah kill me it was supposed to be this big once again so she's fucking psychotic you know she's threatening to kill herself by putting the gun in her mouth and then she's threatening to kill him and again it's like perpetuating this idea that like Depressed people who aren't on meds are going to be violent, you know? I mean... Yeah. And, and I, but yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible to watch. Um, after recent news. Yeah. So that's the other thing is like contextually, it's been a really tough couple of weeks for everyone who has a heart at all uh, because of the mass shootings that have happened recently. And so... Um, Every single fucking day. Yeah, and just seeing seeing guns at all right now is very disturbing. And it's anyway, it just I hated it. I hated that part. Um it felt again unnecessary, over the top, like we get it, you know? And I, teens like you don't Yes, teens are dramatic and on top of it you're trying to add this layer of mental illness and you called the movie Mad Love and it's this whole genre of like forbidden love with teens and they're, yeah. they're so passionate and it's so wild and right it just but it's been done so many times but i mean that, romeo that... and juliet comes to mind sure but those parts of it were fun though i liked those yes. parts of it i loved their whole road trip i loved that they did this thing together and they had this adventure because they're and parts we... of it were fun and were really well done and then there were parts where it just it tried to be so dramatic and so wild. Well, and edgy. You know, it's like that thing where people want to be edgy, so, they, so they're, like, offensive. So there were parts that I could relate to in her. Like, there's a part where she's, like, crying uncontrollably on the floor. Like, that That I related to. And um, I don't know. I guess I just don't feel like they needed to go as far as they did to show that she has these issues. You know, like... Um, they they didn't they didn't need to go that far. Yeah, and I didn't feel like they treated it with, but they tried to make it super dramatic and dangerous, right? And yet they didn't treat it with the respect and seriousness they should have at the same time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but their whole you know it is really it's a really great road trip movie. Outside of all that, yeah. I would say it's a very sweet love story. They're both adorable. Um, I liked, I, I really did like a lot of it. I just, that was the, you know, the portrayal of her mental illness really bothered me. And then in the end, they moved back to Chicago. I don't really yeah, she moves know to why, Chicago because that's where she has to be to get the help she needs. Right. They there don't no have anything in Seattle. In Seattle. I don't know. West. Yeah. He gets a postcard from her or a letter or something that has a picture in it of her that was badly photoshopped. Of her in front of a building because apparently they couldn't take a photograph of Drew Barrymore in front of a building. Um, yeah. So she sends him a picture and she's all healthy looking and happy. And she writes back about how she's going to therapy and she's 
doing much better in Chicago, but she doesn't regret anything about their trip, and she really loved it. Back in Chicago, enjoying the noise. At least now, not so much, but it's coming from inside my head. I guess I have the doctors to thank for that. I had a dream last night, and you were in it. You waved to me. Maybe you were waving goodbye. It doesn't matter. Whatever happens, I'm proud of what we went through. It helps me get through the day. That and you in my heart. And it was like a brave and dangerous and exciting thing to do. And I do think that's realistic for, you know, however old they were supposed to be, 17, 18. And honestly, like, as much as, like, if my kid did that, I would be so freaked out. Right. Um, What an amazing experience to have had, you know, great stories to be able to tell. Yeah. Can we talk about some things that really bothered me in this movie, though? Oh, no. Two things. What? Each of Drew Barrymore's eyebrows <laughs> drove me nuts. Oh yeah, they, she hardly had eyebrows they at were all. So they were like, tidy. yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. It was the style. She looked so amazing in all her clothes. I wrote this down. Like the way her clothes like hung off her was like just the way that you want to look in clothes. She had these. It was very the '90s fashion was so wonderful. They had adorable yeah. flannels, and she was wearing these huge baggy pants that just. I just, uh, I loved all the fashion stuff. Another thing that they did that I wasn't sure about, and you mentioned during the movie, um, much like the drinking beer at the shows, mm-hmm. she was smoking on campus at school. Oh my God. Several times. Walking around on campus during yeah. school. And like an adult was walking an around. An administrator walks by and he didn't say anything. He just I- walked by because there was a, he was going to, it looked like, but then there was a fight somewhere else and he just walked away. There is no possible way that it was okay for her to be smoking nor that that would happen like that that no you go you go slightly off campus right. is what you do you, you like across the street exactly i yes that was really fucking yeah. annoying also yeah um there was a lot of good music in this we've talked about it just great if you look at the soundtrack i won't go through all of them but there's some great songs on there and some great bands and yet the sex scene where they don't show them having sex or anything, but it's very sensual and slow they, and yeah, sweet. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, um, There's the worst wanky guitar solo playing oh, yeah, yeah, over yeah. it. It doesn't the match at scene, all. Yeah. It was so weird. But the very last scene happens right after she has a gun to her head in White mm-hmm. Sands, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts to they hug and she drops the gun and everything. And then it cuts to a taxi pulling up to a hospital. Right. So she's back in the hospital. In Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he's dropping her off with her parents and they walk. They don't walk right up. He stays back. He doesn't want to talk to her parents. But they hug and they talked about Castor and Pollux because he's into stars and astronomy Throughout and stuff. the movie, they, they use Castor and Pollux and the mythology behind it as a metaphor for the two of them. The constellation of Gemini. The top two are Castor and Pollux. They were twins, and Pollux was immortal. And when Castor died, Pollux asked the gods that they let him die too. So the gods turned him into stars so that they could remain up there side by side forever. So she asks, what what are the name of those stars again? And he says, and then they hug and they're both crying. And I think the last thing he says to her is, take it easy as she's walking away. (laughs) Yeah, super profound. And then she goes to be with her parents and there's a little 
soft focus montage of memories of all the things we just watched. And then she gets all better in Chicago. I will say, and I I think I've already said this, but I want to be clear that there were parts of this, of her and the way they showed her struggling with mental illness that I could definitely relate to. So it wasn't all bad. Um, I mean, you know, the, the feeling of what is wrong with me, you know, why am yeah. I like this and why can't I stop being like this? Like at one point she just says, I don't want to be sick anymore. I don't want to be sick anymore, okay? You don't have to. I don't want to live like this. You don't have to. Like I really, yeah, like I could really relate to those parts. So I just want to say that because we've criticized the way they portrayed mental health. And Chris O'Donnell and Drew Barrymore are both pretty easy to watch and fun to watch. They yeah. were both really good for yeah. the most part. So that's Mad Love, y'all. It's, uh, that's it. So thank you so much for listening. If you love our show and you want to support us, you could become a patron on Patreon. You can do as little as $2 a month, which ends up being like 50 cents per episode. Yeah. And there's different rewards at different levels, and we love and appreciate our patrons so very much. Thank you. So, yeah. Also, you could write a review and give a rating on iTunes. You could tell a friend about us and, um, yeah, just help us get the word out. Yeah. Tag us on Twitter. At me. Yeah. And at other Micah. people. He loves being added. <laughs> um, just loves it. I do. So, Yeah. Uh, thanks again, and thanks to Grandma Cray for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our internet stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time, see, see you in the, the 90s. 90s.